uh, in the car. You're supposed to keep your eye on the road. Uh, you can listen to this, hopefully. And uh, divine influence is where we're going today. And you're influenced every day by something. The disciples were influenced every day by something. And more often than not, we react to how we've been influenced. If you're not careful and you watch news on TV, and I realize I'm only speaking to those that's over 40, because anybody under 40 don't watch news on TV. They just scan down and pick something. Go online, am I right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look on the phone or, or wait for some 40-year-old to tell them what's going on in the world. I mean, it's just, just that simple. But if, if you're as influenced by what the news says, uh, the commercials are out of this world. You would buy a new car every week if you're totally influenced by those commercials. So somehow, someplace along the way, you've listened to Dave Ramsey or somewhere, and, and you realize that buying a new car isn't the most uh, financial safe thing to do in today's economy. You might want to get one two or three years old, still have some life in it, but don't have that huge upfront price on it. But you're influenced. You're influenced by the clothes you wear. You're influenced by the teams you support. You're influenced by the music. And did you know that, you know, through the years we've had the top 10 music, we've had top 10 songs of Beach Boys going way back, way back, way back. And, and all of that was controlled by a few families that said, this radio station is playing this, and if you have a radio station, you're to play what they're playing because that's what we want to happen in America. There's been a great amount of influence that has happened through politicians. There's been a great amount of influence that's happened uh, by, by Hollywood. And, and there's always people being influenced. And there is a time of, for divine influence. And to understand that sometimes those things that are, we're being influenced by are not what God has in mind for us. And uh, we're persuaded by different things. And whatever we allow to influence us is where we're going to end up. And Jesus was often confronted by the negativism of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were negative people. How negative were they, you say? They were extremely negative. The Pharisees was after Jesus because he was going against their ritual. He was going against what they thought was important. You see, the Pharisees, they were legalists, and they reduced religion to a form and ceremony. And they removed things uh, in their concept of influence. They didn't let the Word of God influence them in its fullness. The Sadducees were really sad, you see. Okay? Why were the Sadducees so sad? They denied the supernatural element of God. They denied the divine influence of God. They said there was no resurrection, and they were all about materialism. 
Now, these folks considered to be all Jews, but their, their mindsets went opposite of what God wanted for that time. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were convinced that there was no one religion other than themselves that, that influenced uh, people. They, they, they looked for the influence that they had on people, and they realized that Jesus was coming in and he was distrust. He was disrupting their program, disrupting their spiritual life. The Sadducees they rejected belief in angels and demons. If there's one thing that I've come to understand more so in the last three weeks than anything, and that is the power of Satan. The influence that Satan has had on the world is phenomenal. Yes. When you see what's taking place in the Middle East, I got a glimpse of a, a Christian newscast about these boys that came across the border. They had been in training camps during the summer months as they were children. Teaching them to hate Jews. Teaching them that it's okay to kill Jews. They shouldn't be here. <coughs> and it, 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 all this influence was just poured into these young men's hearts and lives. And they became robots in what was said they spoke. If you'll notice in the last few weeks I've been praying. God send visions. Send dreams. To people. Why? Because that's the only way we're going to reach them because the demonic forces have got their minds totally blinded to, to the word of God. And what am I to do? I am to preach the gospel and I am to tear down spiritual strongholds. God called us, you and I, to pull down spiritual strongholds. What are spiritual strongholds? Strongholds are those things that bind, blind people from seeing the truth. And for some people, the only way they're ever going to be changed is a vision or a dream. Saul was persecuting the church. He was a terrorist. The guy who wrote a lot of the New Testament was a terrorist, past tense. He put Christians in jail. He allowed, he promoted the idea of killing off Christians because they were coming against the Jewish faith and, and yada, 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 yada. And we must Understand that God has called us to tear down spiritual strongholds and, and come against the demonic that's going on in our society. It's so important that we recognize the fact that the Pharisees and the Sadducees uh, were similar in the sense that they were religious, but they didn't know God the way God wanted to be worshipped. And they took their rules their laws, and superseded their rules and their laws above the Word of God. And you and I know that there's nothing better than the Word of God. Absolutely nothing better. A time of discovery. In Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. There's a scripture verse or two that I'd like to read. 
The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. These people were not godly people. They were religious people. When people, sometimes they'll, they'll say, Pastor, you're very religious. I want to go outside and throw up. Because religion doesn't mean anything. Relationship means it all. And in our, in our new culture right now, people are looking for relationships. And they're not finding it on their cell phone. And so we need to be all about the concept of helping people build relationships. He replied, When evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather. For the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for miraculous signs, but none will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. The time of rediscovery time of rediscovery it, it's, it, that's kind of where we're at in our world today since October 7th the world has never been the same and it will never be the same in Israel it's one of those demarcation lines that life is going to be different from here on out and Jesus is telling the Pharisees and Sadducees, you guys can look at the sky, you can tell what the weather is, but, but you're wanting a sign from me? You're wanting, you're wanting a sign from me? When, you, when you're not seeking me, you're not seeking wisdom from God, you think you are the most intelligent people on the face of the earth. You are a wicked and adulterous generation looks, looking for a miraculous sign. I'm praying one of my prayers for Israel is that, that God shows up and does a miraculous sign. That every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That something huge, surmountable, beyond the comprehension of any Christian or any human being on the face of the earth. That God just shows up and does something supernatural, major, that people will have to declare God is God. Now that's my heart's desire. And, and for miraculous signs to show up and to do great things. Verse 5, it says, When they crossed the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Duh! They didn't bring the picnic basket. No bread. We don't have any bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. <laughs> you see, it isn't the fact that the disciples were, were dumber than rocks. That's not the point. The point is they spiritualized for themselves. Even though they're following God, they're seeing all of these things, they're still thinking about bread. They're still thinking about the natural things that 
they need. And it, they, they went across the lake, and the disciples forgot the bread, and Jesus said, hey, we've got, got a problem here with these Pharisees. We've got a problem with these Sadducees, and, and, and you've got to be careful of the, uh, of the time that you see them. They, they, they thought that, that Jesus was mentioning the leaven was because he was talking about the bread. And they had totally forgotten that Jesus had fed 4,000 people with some bread. Jesus had miraculously fed some 5,000 people. And they totally were just disgusted with themselves that the normal thing you do is bring a lunch. They, don't, they didn't bring any bread. And they begin to get an understanding here. Jesus uses all types of things. And bread was the main course of a meal. It is a major thing to have in those days. And so everybody knew about yeast. Everybody knew what was needful. Be careful, Jesus said, and be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It takes very little yeast to make a whole lot of flour rise. So you bakers, you that like to enjoy baking, you know what I'm talking about. The rest of us, well, we're just kind of dreaming about it. They discussed this among themselves and said, is it because we didn't bring any bread? Their minds were not open. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you not understand? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? <laughs> they gathered a bunch of leftovers, which tells me why we have refrigerators in America. It's so we can put our leftovers in the refrigerator and three days later throw them out and not feel guilty. <laughs> You wondered why you spent $2,000 for a refrigerator. Now you know, okay? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered. How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. See, the Sadducees, they were sad because they didn't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees were just kind of fair, and uh, they, they believed in the resurrection. They believed in angels, but they denied the supernatural. They, de they, they still was come up short because they saw their list of do's. You do it this way. You don't walk more than a mile on a Sunday. You don't do this. You don't do that. And they had all the don'ts written out and you had to follow suit or you were a bad person. And, and so Jesus is saying, there's a lot of negativity here, guys. You're being influenced by the negative. You're being influenced by those things that are difficult to comprehend. You're being influenced by those who think of religion but they don't have a relationship with me you're being influenced by them and it's time for us to come apart and for me to take some time to share with you these people are evil but you have a greater calling and you have to 
plant the word of God deep in your heart. A time of discovery and a time to focus. Verse 13, a time to refocus. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? They reply, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, and one, uh, one, maybe one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon answered, good old Simon. He has always got the answer. But for this time along, he's not interrupting. He's right on track. I mean, this is a phenomenal statement he's about to make. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow. That takes it all the way up to Uno. Number one, the number one person in all creation is God. And in God's Son was sent to this earth. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a profound message that Peter screams out the tops of his lungs. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church in the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Jesus wanted some more time to influence people one-on-one. -on -one. He didn't want the large crowds. He wanted that relationship. He wanted to, and, he's, and there's a time of refocusing here. A time of refocusing here. The purpose was to get folks away and for them to realize who they were. Who do you say that I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. And Peter just rings out with, no, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that question of old is still is a question for today. Who is Christ? Who is the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? As we look at this scripture, we realize that Peter had a relationship with God that no one else in that group had. Not saying that they were so, so par, but God chose him. Why? God works in our personalities. And occasionally, God will ask someone to do something beyond their personality. I've had some pastors that have shared with me personally. And they said, you know, I have the greatest joy of my life is sitting in a corner reading a book. And for some stupid reason, God called me to preach. And now I have to be vocal, I have to present myself, I have to present the gospel, and I'm not in my, quote, personality of being reserved and quiet and content just to be there. God uses our personalities. Peter was flamboyant. He was exciting. Peter had energy. So much energy, he pulled out a sword and chopped the ear off of one of the guards. Remember that? 
Jesus picks up the ear. I love this. Ooh, he picks up the ear, puts it back on. Peter, stop it. Peter was just, he was all about it. And, and the power of God surged through him, and he had this message that you are the Christ. You are the Christ. You are the God. God sent you here. You are God's son. You are the Christ, meaning you're going to pay the price. And it still wasn't totally being understood by Peter that the word Christ meaning the crucified Messiah. He was speaking this because God gave it to him, not because he understood it. Because later on he's saying, no, no, you can't be, no, you can't go to the cross. You, you've got to be my best friend. You can't go to the cross. And Jesus says, Satan, get behind me. Because God had a mission for Jesus to go to the cross. He says that uh, the demonic world will not come against the church. The demonic world will not destroy the church. And I think it's important that we recognize that God is superior to every demonic force on the face of the earth. God is superior to every activity that goes on in this world. God is more important than anything in this world. And he says, I will build my church in the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now there will be churches that will close. There will be people. The church is people, by the way. It's not this building. You are the church. There will be people that will back up on their faith. But the bottom line is God is, always has a remnant. There will always be, there will always be the church. And there will always be the church. And God is looking for people who will continue to love him and be uh, spotless by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, I give you the kingdom of heaven and earth. And whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. God wants us to come against the demonic and bind it in the name of Jesus. And when you have a loved one and you begin to pray prayers of deliverance for them and you begin to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over you, Satan. You cannot mess with whoever it is. And I come against that. And Lord, I pray that you put a Holy Ghost hedge of thorns around him, protect him from the evil influence that's keeping him from declaring Jesus. You see, there's a scripture verse that talks about that very thing of putting a, a, a hedge of thorns around an individual, that they'll be hemmed in by the presence of God, that the devil can't penetrate through that, and they will have an encounter with God. And we continue to pray that because the scripture says that whatever is in heaven can be bound here on earth, and whatever we bind on earth can be bound in heaven. And so the principle is we come against the demonic, and we come against those evil things that mankind is perpetrating, and we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to transform them. And we ask for visions and dreams that will arrest them. Because if you remember, Paul saw the terrorist, he became Paul, but what, what helped him become Paul was being knocked down by the presence of God. And when he's laying on the ground, he says, God, where are you at? What are you doing? He said, well, you're blinded. 
and uh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to take a hiatus here. You're going to change. I'm going to totally change you. Now, whenever you begin to pray against the demonic, and that you're not, it's not flesh and blood, it's the demonic that's influencing flesh and blood, you've got to take consideration. Are you ready for the fight? Because when you come against the demonic, the demonic gets excited and wants to keep coming at you in different ways. So that's when you've got to press into the Word of God and speak the Word of God. Because if you remember Jesus, he, he walked in ministry after his water baptism. He walked with the devil for 40 days, 40 nights. And, and the concept was the devil was tempting him. And Jesus always came back and said, it is written. We're no different than Jesus. He said, I give you the authority to command these demonic forces to come down. So you must use the word of God and come against satanic forces that is keeping people bound up in their faith and not having faith, but they have faith in the wrong place. Verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside again, began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. And of course, he says, Satan, get me behind me. There's a time of revelation. A time of revelation. Jesus is revealing and giving revelation. He's saying, in order for God's plan to be fulfilled, I have to give my life on the cross. And the sign of Noah that was given, the sign of, 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 uh, of in the earlier part of this, it says Jonah, excuse me, I said no, I meant Jonah. Uh, a, a, wicked, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for miraculous signs, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jonah and the whale, three days, three nights. Jesus is saying, I'm going to the cross, and I'm going to die for the sins of mankind. And things are going to be different. And there is a revelation knowledge that he's pouring into the hearts. And they can't fully comprehend it. And in the hour of crisis was coming for him, and he was preparing approximately five to six months before it happened. He was preparing the people closest to him that his time was limited and quit broadcasting the revival meetings. <laughs> what I've got to do, I want to do quickly and I want to, I want to reach more people. And if you keep telling everybody where I'm at, then the, the demonic's going to keep chasing me. So let's just keep this thing as quiet as we can, but at the same time, God's going to be glorified. I don't know how, when God shows up in miraculous signs and wonders take place, how do you keep that quiet? <laughs> it just doesn't work. But I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every situation in life. And what influences us today, we must seek out the right influences. We must allow those things that are important to, to come into our lives and to realize that the word of God is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. We must recognize that 
that the Word of God transforms us. And the Word of God tells us that we win. The Word of God says that Israel is going to win. But in the process of all that, it takes discipleship. It takes a determination that I'm going to read the Word on a daily basis. That I'm going to pray. You'll say, Pastor, I didn't get my Word in today. What should I do? Well, get a chance to pause the commercial and read two verses. Pastor, did you just say that? Did you know that when they go to commercial, more often than not, it's two solid minutes? How many verses of Scripture can you read during commercial? I'm, I'm messing with your mind, aren't I? But think about it. Mute that commercial and read, read three verses of Scripture. These things here bring life to you. It brings life to you. It brings life to you. You say, but I, I went through the whole day and I didn't read one Scripture verse. You know what you can do? You say, God, forgive me. Help me to do better. And start laying out your Bibles. America has more Bibles and reads less of them any place in the world. But lay your Bible out. Pastor, I, I, I won't lose weight. What do I do? Quit buying the chocolate and candies and buy fruit and vegetables. <laughs> really? Yeah. And clean the fruits and vegetables, put in the refrigerator. So that when you go to pick up a piece of candy, it's not candy, it's fruit. And it's healthy. Same way spiritually. Maybe you need to look at magazines that come into your home. You're saying, yeah, I probably shouldn't be reading that. I'm a Christian. Get rid of it. Pick this up. Begin to let this be your substitute. Begin to really teach you and guide you. Because God loves you. It, it, it's, his, it's his book. He loves us. He wants to bless us. It's his desire to bless us. Will you stand with me this morning? You've been a great audience. I appreciate you being here. And... Um, this Tuesday night we have time of fellowship, six to eight. I encourage you to come. Bring something. Doesn't mean, you know, there's no restriction on it. If we don't get any food in, we'll just fast and pray. We'll, we'll, we'll party with the kids. We need some adults to help us with, with reading scripture verses with the kids. Uh, Tuesday night is a time of, of lifting up the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the rest of the world does different things, we declare Jesus as Lord. A time of revelation. Jesus was revealing himself to his disciples. And they was coming to understanding of who he was and who he is. So we, we need that in our lives. We need God to give us a revelation. And maybe some of us in this room, maybe we all need uh, a dream, a vision of the goodness of our God of the calling of God on our life and how that he purposes to use us in the gifts and talents that we have. He's already gifted us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we're yours, bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Forgive us where we've sinned. Forgive us where we've not put you first place in our life. And God, help us to begin. Help us to begin to walk in your grace and in your mercy. Lord, we forgive those who have sinned against us. And Lord, 
we ask for your forgiveness of our sins. And Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us and pouring out your spirit upon us. Lord Jesus, the disciples didn't fully comprehend that they were being influenced by the divine supernatural power of God. Peter began to understand it when the words came into his mind, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Lord Jesus, may we make that same declaration. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And we're going to follow you all the days of our life. And Lord Jesus, fill us with the fullness of your Holy Spirit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for viewing from home today. We're going to continue our altar service. Would you come and pray?